we are going to live our expressed fantasies, not acting as if we are goddesses emerging from the sea, but actually being that, actually tapping into that space of spirit, of groundedness, of intention, of reclaiming our bodies and living it and enjoying it. And from that place, creating art, being seen, expressing ourselves, it's not the crime, it's natural, we're nature. And granted, there has never been a time before where we've all had such access to showing ourselves off and sharing our bodies in this way. And it brings us into a place of inquiry that I feel um, myself in and many other women of, well, where do I fit into this exploration of embodiment and expression that interacts with my sexuality, with my eroticism? What, what do I desire to share? How seen do I want to be? Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts Bronx bitch and mountain witch. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. As the CEO of Pussy Empowered, I hold space for women to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. As an erotic performer and choreographer, I surrender to new heights of embodied, expressed art and performance. On this podcast, I share about my approach to pussy power and interview fellow paradigm-shifting badasses about theirs. It is 2024. Welcome back to Pussy Empowered Podcast. I am excited because 2024, I have decided to revive this podcast. I know I've fallen off. I have so many episodes Um backed up to edit and put out and so many more ideas for episodes and interviews that I want to do in the year ahead. And this episode in particular is about unleashing your inner video vixen, which is the topic of my retreat coming up in February. So to update you a little bit about what's coming up, I am hosting a retreat in Puerto Rico, February 5th through 10th. At the time I'm recording this, I still have three spots available for local residents. And I wanted to talk about this topic um, because it is so interwoven in who I am as a person, as an artist, and also in the work that I do with Pussy Empowered. Um, it's, you know, embodiment, expression, being seen, art, taking up space, and of course, feminist issues of agency and... Um, all that good stuff. We're going to get into it real deep. But so first, let me tell you about some more of the updates that I've got going on. I've got my performance class, Pussy Empowered performance class beginning March 29th uh, in LA. And that's a 10 week series culminating in a performance at the next Pussy Empowered party. This is the fifth time we're doing this. And every time it has been so much fun, so juicy. So if you're desiring to explore your relationship with being seen and have this experience of taking to the stage, I highly recommend you join us for that. And I've got my virtual membership still going on. On next Tuesday, we have our next um, virtual. That's January 16th, our next virtual Pussy Empowered Dance class. It happens once a month. There's a bunch of other goodies in there. 
And I just recently, yesterday, started a Substack, which I'm also stoked on. Uh, I'm calling it The Exalted Erotic. Uh, and a shout out to Ali Lerner, who helped come up with that title for me in a session I had with her, a therapy session I had with her. She's a brilliant sex therapist and a witchy woman. Highly recommend working with her. And uh, the Substack is a place where I share my art, my writing, my um, reflections on stripping, on being polyamorous, on my own embodiment journey. And that includes writing, audio, video, and anything else I want to include in there. So there is a free option and a paid option. And yeah, you, there's actually a link in the show notes for a free trial. So you can check all that out. I'm really uh, looking forward to that as a place to share more uncensored content. Um, and I'm really into the app right now. So check it out, Substack. Now, let us dive into the topic at hand. And first, I want to say that this is the first time I'm experimenting with having some already pre-written um, things that I'm going to say all written out and then I'm going to freestyle some other parts. So bear with me and I'm hoping to move more in the direction of not writing everything out before I share, but there's just so much I wanted to cover in this episode. So here we go. Let's see how it unfolds. During the late 90s, early 2000s, the video vixen captured our attention. She strutted out of the sea with water dripping down her body. She oozed sensuality shamelessly. She emanated confidence and radiance in global locations. I was a 90s kid, born in 89, so I would know. My eyes were glued to her on MTV, VH1, BET, as I would flip through the channels back and forth, day in and out, from my grandpa and grandma's living room. We were drawn to this iteration of the sex siren that appeared in music videos while simultaneously growing more aware as a culture of the significance of art geared towards the male gaze. Where she was primarily put on a pedestal, the video vixen became simultaneously villainized the more the industry accreted her with sex work and the more saturated the market became with young models eager for their moment to shine. I know this story well. As time progressed, these women came out with their stories, Corinne Steffens among them, sharing about their journey. The video vixen was one of my own personal inspirations for diving headfirst into the modeling world when I was just 14. I saw myself in these women and I longed to be part of that seemingly glorious world of travel and sexual autonomy. <sighs> Not to mention art, of course. As the vixens themselves later revealed, the reality proved to be different. Corinne Steffens released her book, Confessions of a Video Vixen, which I have actually just started to read. And there's fascinating exploration of the rise and fall of the early 2000s video vixen by Khadijah Mbo on YouTube. And I linked it in the show notes for you. Corinne Steffens got a lot of shit for writing that book and was dragged by the media, slut shamed, including on the Tyra Banks show, which we all know was a hot mess uh, in retrospect. <laughs> Also, it wasn't exactly a triumphant tale, but rather a cautionary one of being taken advantage of as a young woman in the industry. I'm deeply thankful 
now that I steered clear of the darkest parts of modeling. I navigated going in and out of castings and auditions alone in Manhattan and around the world by myself and unscathed. But as a fashion model, I I myself noticed pretty quickly the disconnect between the experience of modeling and often uncomfortable physical circumstances with impossible expectations and treatment as if us models were interchangeable, disposable, and the finished art and how effortless and seductive it was. I modeled for 10 plus years in New York, Spain, and LA. I was in all sorts of magazines, many teen ones, including Seventeen, Teen Vogue, Marie Claire. I was in Woman España and not Vogue. But I recently found out Betsy Johnson was never featured in Vogue. So fuck that and fuck Drake for his imaginary qualifiers. Um, <laughs> you know that line where he's like, you, you're not a model if you ain't been in Vogue. I'm not saying exactly right, but that's what I'm referring to. But don't actually, I mean, I don't have any, I don't have major problems with Drake. So I'm not saying fuck him in general. But anyway, <laughs> and I was on an episode of the reality show, I Want to Work for Diddy as a model in a runway scene too. Actually, fuck Diddy. Yikes. That is also crazy what's come out about him and Cassie and many other women. I was also on Project Runway shout out to season five it was kind of a traumatic experience but that's a story for another day and I had all sorts of experiences that I treasure in the modeling world and I also had ones that were really fucked up like being scammed not being paid what I was owed being told I looked too healthy of a weight you know my weight was too healthy I was appearing too healthy (laughs) According to my agency, and this was in the mix, midst of um, peak disorder e- eating that I was dealing with. Um, but auditioning for the Blurred Lines music video here in LA was kind of a breaking point for me. So when I was 23, I got the call to audition for the Blurred Lines music video, and I had just returned from this trip I took to Brazil. So I had been eating well, I was living my best life, and, you know, I came back and got this call. Um, I sent, I was asked to send over some topless photos. Um, My best friend, who I lived with, uh, took those photos for me, shout out to Indiana. (laughs) And um, my agency was, told me they were not happy with how my body looked, but I went on this audition. I felt good. I looked good. Let me tell you the honest truth. I was I was in great shape, just not by the impossible standards of uh, fashion modeling at the time. And so I went to this audition. Um, we auditioned topless. We were told to dance, but not too overtly sexually, which right there already is a little bit hard for me to do because I just am a sexual erotic being. But anyway, I got called back twice and I really was very excited about this opportunity because specifically Robin Thicke's music videos were some of my favorite videos and I really desired to be a video girl. Like I remember in fourth grade, me and my friend were like, we want to be video hosts when we grow up. Um, and so I remember the beauty and the cinematography of sex therapy how hot was that video? I don't know if you remember that video. Also, Wanna Love You Girls, another one that I loved. Um, a, 
of Robin Thicke and the beautiful um, video vixen models that were featured in those videos. It just looks so gorgeous anyway. So I was excited to be a part of this this audition and I really thought like, I'm gonna get this. I felt like I had manifested this opportunity and um, well, I didn't get it. <laughs> I was, one, I was heartbroken. Um, it didn't help that Emily Ratajkowski, who did get the gig, um, became a, pretty much a superstar after that video. Uh, she does have very large tits. <laughs> I mean, compared to mine, right? And the video is a topless video. So I do think, you know, that was part of like the deciding factors. Whatever. I love my tits. But I watched her career totally take off in movies um, and as an author. Um, come to find out later on all the controversy around the song though, you know, blurred lines, right? Um, this idea of the blurred lines between, <laughs> um, consent and non-consensual sex and how much uproar that song caused for good reason. Um, let alone, I mean, that whole song <laughs> was a hot mess, but also, um, come to find out years later in Emily's book, she shared that she was groped by Robin Thicke on set um, and on set of that video, right? And the thing about that moment when I actually learned that news was I thought to myself, and this is fucked up, I'm going to preface with that. I thought to myself, well, she got her career out of that and I've been accosted and didn't get a job out of it. And how fucked up was that of a conversation? I actually had that those thoughts out loud and someone with you know, a relative of mine agreed with me. And we also agreed how fucked up that sentiment was and how, um, like, why is that even a part of the conversation, right? And so this idea of... Um, how a thin of a line it is between Hollywood and um, the entertainment industry and sex, sexual assault, sex work. Um, this idea of the casting couch, which I just learned, which is uh, a euphemism for the practice of soliciting sexual favors from a job applicant in exchange for employment in the entertainment industry. That's called the casting couch. I had never heard that term before. Um, and, you know, I found out, as many people found out, through um, a documentary about Victoria's Secret with some of the Victoria's Secret models coming out and explaining um, the <laughs> dark sides, the very, very dark sides of being a Victoria's Secret angel. And uh, this was another aspect. Like, I so wanted to be in one of those Victoria's Secret fashion shows. They just look so fun and glamorous and sexy. And that was another realm where um, I wanted it so bad. I wanted so bad to be in this music video. I wanted so bad to be a Victoria's Secret angel on the runway. And um, it looks like I dodged a bullet you know, and um, so the entertainment industry and sex work have always had blurred lines since the onset, and 
this distinction between voluntary and involuntary sex work really should be made clear, but often it's not. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. All that to say, it really sunk in, in this, from this audition experience, how empty the ex- pursuit of acceptance by the gatekeepers truly was. It marked the end of my active desire to participate in the modeling industry and inspired me to go on a path to be the embodied artist. I really desired to be most. I decided I was an artist, period. The changing and opening landscape of the internet really helped with that exploration for me. And over the past decade, since that experience of audition, I've devoted myself to creating authentic, honest, embodied, pussy-empowered art. As an erotic life performer, in all my performances that vary, that have varied across genre from belly dance, samba, uh, stripping, burlesque, that has been a medium that I have really loved the live aspect of it as part of my project that I have with my partner, Flash the Abyss, where we have taken photos and videos around the world uh, naked in nature and really celebrated that relationship between the female body or woman or the body in general and nature, bodies of any gender and nature, that we are um, one and the same. We are nature, right? We've never been more separate, but we really can't be separated. That's what we are. As a choreographer, I've explored these themes of the erotic and the honest expression of it from any at any given moment. And now as a recording artist, I have um, explored this theme continually. And um, my desire is always to make more honest embodied art that comes from a really deeply, deeply rooted place of truth and a place of agency. Um, as a stripper, I've also explored this agency, um, even within a framework that is existing and often exploitative as an industry. Um, so deciding to be open about that part of my life in particular, actively lending my voice to dismantling stigma, profiting off my own sexuality, I've opted into all of that with my own free will. And of course, out of the pressures of capitalism, right? I got to make my money some way. Um, And I'm still definitely very inspired by those early visions of the video vixen. I still very much respect and am inspired by the woman who uh, created autonomy, independence, empowerment for themselves through that industry, even if uh, aspects of it ultimately were not exactly empowering. Um, I think there's still parts of their story and experience that can be celebrated and they, they should be proud of the work that they did actually do. And um, I haven't gotten very far in Corinne Stefan's book, but I have um, already understood that the tone of the book is essentially remorse or shame, and I do think that um, in most cases, when in most media, um, whether it's a, it, it is the expectation that stories will be told in that way. And I wonder, you know, if each person where they are in their healing pra- journey, 
um, and empowerment journey, how that story can change over time. Today, I personally express on my own terms, and I invite all of my collaborators and clients to do the same because it was never the expression itself that was the problem. Problems of patriarchy, agency, sexual exploitation, capitalism that forces us to exchange our bodies in some form or the other in order to make the money we need to survive, men who take advantage of us in Hollywood, all of these things were have been the problem, right? It was never the expression itself or the woman themselves or even the um, woman and men interaction, not even the male gaze, I don't think, was the actual culprit of it. I think that um, the, the male gaze and the concept of that is complicated and there's an actual um, episode I uh, have in the past with Anne-Marie Davies, the queen of sexy, where we talk about the male gaze in depth as well. I recommend checking that one out. So I love the medium of music video. I love getting lost in a short story. I've loved the process of making my own, directing, editing, choreographing everything. I've loved it. I haven't really updated y'all here on this podcast, but I've made three music videos so far. Ancestors Wildest Dreams, Como Un Animal, filmed in Puerto Rico. Both of those were filmed in Puerto Rico. And Open, which I'm currently finishing the edit on and should be out later this month and I've made uncensored versions of these videos too Como un animal and open and I want to note that in Como un animal uh, we featured Trendy aka Naomi Corbello um, and also Yesenia from who are two incredible um, pioneers of the erotic liberation movement in puerto rico and it was an honor to have them as a part of the video very sexy very empowering experience creating art with them in the rainforest um and there'll be an uncensored version of open coming out too open is featuring bambi peaches and brian lee smith who i often collaborate with and adore filmed in the rain room it's very wet so because censorship is another big issue across platforms um i have been so thrilled to get to share these uncensored versions on my own terms um, those are available through my website and will be available through my Substack as well um but it has been really frustrating as a sexual erotic creatrix who does all of her own work out of her own agency um funds creates you know all of my art out of my own desire and will to do so and the way that the internet cop blocks <laughs> that sexual expression to such a degree that it um you know we exist um and get pushed further into the shadows anybody who does anything remotely erotic um that goes for sexual educators that goes for sex workers that goes for burlesque dancers um belly dancers it's really so um frustrating and a big part of this why this has happened and the internet has become more and more censored was um a law that was changed in 2018 called FOSTA slash SESTA, which was created to end 
allegedly uh, to end sex trafficking, but it essentially made it so that language that was considered to be sexually solicitive was made illegal. And in order to avoid liability, most of these social media platforms essentially cracked down on anything that could be confused because the law itself was extremely vague on what is considered sexual sexual solicitation. And for that reason, anything sexual got swept into that category. And so in order to avoid liability, Instagram, TikTok, Zoom, Patreon, Craigslist, and OnlyFans, they all had major crackdowns. Um, and this came into play mostly at the height of the pandemic, which was a time when we really depended on the internet as sexual beings and sex workers. And all of us got shadow banned. Many got kicked off of these platforms, never to re retrieve their account, um, which had a huge impact on their businesses, on their livelihoods. Um, on their entrepreneurship and independence. And it all comes back down to this freedom of expression and agency, which should be a right that we all have to express. Uh, and yet, how backwards society has rolled at this time. It's really, really uh, discouraging. But again, being seen expressing ourselves it's not the crime it's natural we're nature and granted there has never been a time before where we've all had such access to showing ourselves off and sharing our bodies in this way and it brings us into a place of inquiry that I feel um, myself in and many other women of well where do I fit into this exploration of embodiment and expression that interacts with my sexuality with my eroticism what what do i desire to share how seen do i want to be i have chosen personally to be very seen right i've put myself out there continually in many different mediums and ways because that has just been the, what i've been called to it feels that i want to live my life out loud i have always admired artists that provoke because they have shown me other ways they have um inspired me when i didn't know that certain aspects or ways of being could exist and i wanted to um, not only embody that for myself but also to be that example for others who have been inundated by shame, by trauma, by um, the silencing that we all experience as as women and um, not only as women, as all across genders and um, across orientations, all of it. So I remain devoted to encouraging each person to look at their own relationship with taking up space with parading their power right with allowing themselves to be seen and heard i do think that more of us who desire to be should be seen and heard and instead of silence erased and shadow bound it's dangerous it has a reflection in um the actual real world off of the internet and um we should have every right to a experience and b capitalize off of our sexuality um willingly there is a huge distinction between sex trafficking and sex work that is opted into 
with agency. So these themes of embodiment, empowerment, taking up space, we're going to explore them in my upcoming video Vixen Retreat in Puerto Rico. Uh, I've been really excited to merge the worlds of art and empowerment more intimately as that is the intersection of my passion. Pussy power and making art that feels empowering is so delicious to me and I love going on this journey for myself and I love sharing it with my clients. So we are going to live our expressed fantasies, not acting as if we are goddesses emerging from the sea, but actually being that, actually tapping into that space of spirit, of groundedness, of intention, of reclaiming our bodies and living it and enjoying it. And from that place, creating art. So this experience, it's a five-day experience where we're enjoying pussy empowered dance every day and then we're also going on excursions really getting in touch with the land of puerto rico where my ancestors are from uh at least my uh half of my ancestors uh if you could divide it up 50 50 in that way um and also on the last day of our retreat we're gonna film a music video to one of my original songs which thrills me to no end that I get to share this creative process with this group and we'll be prepare preparing over the week to be seen and to take up space in this way um, and have this video created together in a breathtaking landscape on a incredibly gorgeous beach so if you're interested in joining us for that at the time i'm recording this there's three spots available for local residents and i also want to say uh, and local residents, by that, it means if you're local to the area, the west coast of Puerto Rico, or um, have the ability to stay off-site, there are three spots available. And I want to say that um, about Puerto, Puerto Rico specifically, is that it's really a place where colonization has created such an intense dichotomy and culture where sexuality is everywhere and celebrated um, musically embodied in an embodied way um, you know it's 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 everywhere it's part of the social fabric but at the same time Catholicism has a very big presence there continually continued to today and has really molded the way that um, shame prevails. Uh, women are continue to be shamed. The LGBTQIA population experiences this shame in a big way um, and it creates impossible standards and stigma and unsafety um, for women who live in Puerto Rico. And it is a shame that both of these dichotomies are in this this tug of war and I you know I saw it myself when I taught classes in in PR the idea that so many women were drawn to a pussy empowered dance class um, and yet there was still this fear of of showing up to something like that and it's not it's definitely not specific to only Puerto Rico but it is something I've experienced around the world and so we're also definitely going to tap in with the local community there 
Our private chef for the week is Ramona Rose. She is a sensual chef who also is a burlesque performer and um, has an incredible business as a vegan chef and she'll be participating with us in the retreat based right very close to where the retreat is taking place and we also have uh, a number of women joining us from Puerto Rico will be connecting in different ways and building community with them there as well so very excited about that again if you want to know more check out the link in my bio where you can book a free call and we can talk about whether it's a good fit for you and i want to remind you again that i have started a Substack where i'll be diving more into personal themes um personal exploration of the erotic and that will come through in the form of essays and prose and video and photo and i got a free trial for you in the link in my bio so check that out as well thank you for supporting my art over this time since i've last done a podcast thank you for exploring um all the offerings and just being there as a community i really appreciate you if you've told me you've listened to my podcasts i really appreciate you thank you for helping spread the word and sharing it with your friends um you're always invited to share this episode if it resonates with you to leave a comment that's really helpful too or to share it on your social media if you found some juicy some juiciness in this episode thanks for listening and as always these thoughts are ever evolving incomplete and I continue to do my best to to speak the truth that is true for me in this moment and to um, continue to be in a space of inquiry. Sending you so much love. 